if you are raising a young person and you are investing in a younger person, you are just creating a better future, a very marvelous future. Welcome to See Africa, Breathe Africa, a weekly podcast for those who are interested in traveling responsibly and having fun doing it. to the mountains and if you listen to the hills if you listen to the rivers you can see africa breathe africa see africa yeah yeah le, 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 le. See, see africa breathe africa see africa yeah Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of See Africa, Breathe Africa, the final one for this particular season. And Miha, would you like to tell our listeners about this particular episode? My dear Kahiri, this one is going to be a little bit unusual. We have invited back to the podcast Misigaro in Rwanda and Stephanie in Italy. And we are going to be discussing our own activities. Right. And that can easily become problematic because we could end up overappreciating our own efforts, right? Or underappreciating Or underappreciating. That's true. That's Sometimes true. we can be a bit harsh yeah. with ourselves. We're good at that. Yeah. So we don't have only Stephanie and Misigaro. We also have some pre-recorded young ladies and gentlemen who have been part of our Gorilla Highlands experts use spaces. And I would just invite Stephanie to tell us what this thing is. Youth Spaces is an initiative to try to think about um, sustainable business and how young people can orient themselves towards making money in a way that also is harmonious with the amazing ecosystem that they are surrounded by and uh, that they can show you know, their communities, how we can live sustainably. Like the world is in um, a tough spot. And I think a lot of the best solutions are going to come out of um, out of this region. And we just wanted to support some really enthusiastic and smart young people in their journey, in their growth and in their leadership, thinking about entrepreneurship and, um, and the environment. Thanks, Stephanie. And could you connect that then with how that plays into responsible tourism? Because it's been like a theme that we've been... Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, responsible tourism can definitely be one um, approach to being a, an entrepreneur who respects the environment. Um, obviously, it's just one of very many. I think that uh, the Gorilla Highlands is in a great position to offer some of its uh, expertise and, and experience thinking about, you know, how to do well by doing good and um, by being respectful of the of the natural environment. But I think it's also just, you know, like as a as sort of an offshoot of, of Gorilla Highlands to do to do a specific project that, that looks at, like, you know, engaging young people. I mean, from the point of Gorilla Highlands, we are supporting future entrepreneurs who might end up in tourism. And we definitely hope that that tourism is going to be responsible. And at the same time, it's about us giving back. So Gorilla yeah. Highlands Limited as a tour company is at the end of the day meant to be one of the engines of uh, use spaces and other projects like that. The future of this region is what we are about. The fact that we are doing tourism is just the way we are trying to make money. Yeah. 
I can give a practical example. We have so far had four sessions with the youngsters, and the last one was done by Shiv, who is from the UK. He approached us and said, I would like some volunteering, and at the same time also see gorillas and do a tour. So he ended up being in a classroom full of youthful Rwandans. And Misigoro, you can tell us how it worked. Uh, it was amazing to have him because he came here in Rwanda as a tourist, but at the same time as an expert who have some experience to share with the youngsters about communication. And it was amazing to see how she was uh, engaging with the youngsters because they tend to only know what they get from their education. But it's better to have someone who has experience from outside of Africa, but also from the workplaces. Shiv is a science writer, and that, of course, brings a lot of difference into what our participants are getting, because most of their life is about theory. But here they had an opportunity to talk to somebody who actually works in the field of communication. And at the same time, just today, Shiv sent me a message from Cairo, where he's going to do scuba diving, saying how much he enjoyed his time in Rwanda and Uganda. And uh, he really was moved by the experience of being with the kids, sharing what he knows, but also getting a lot back. The kids are amazing. They, they're so curious and full of knowledge about certain issues. They had really innovative minds as well. It's really inspiring and refreshing just to see how quickly they're grappling with a lot of the material and how much they have to contribute as well. If you could just explain how many youth were chosen, how the program is supposed to be taking place. We are now uh, working with 26 participants from uh, two schools from uh, University of Ines and also the Cohet de Science here in Sanze. So only three teams are from Ines. Other seven teams are from high school students. The students are meeting once a week or sometimes twice a week for the sessions. And they're going to be around 13 sessions culminating in the students presenting their projects to sort of a, a panel of experts or entrepreneurs and who knows, maybe people who can support them with some funding as well. We'll see. And, uh, and they'll also have a, a summer camp where they'll be able to, you know, go a bit deeper and, and also have some fun at the end of this. Stephanie, you ran the first session that was on Earth Day. Could you share your own analysis of what was taking place? Just anything from your position of a presenter? There was a lot of sort of uh, nervousness and curiosity in the first session because um, it was the first time we'd met. They didn't really know what to expect. Was this just a way for us to rain money down on their projects or was it something else entirely? So, you know, we went through some process first of like sort of establishing the ground rules so that everybody would feel supported and like they had a role and they had a say um, in how, you know, like the life of the group would be going forward. And then, you know, in terms of the substance, you know, I started to tell them a bit about my research and um, in facts about um, about climate change. And also, you know, that the fact that Rwanda is is actually doing a lot of things really well with regards to sustainability policies. And, you know, wanted to give them a bit of a bit of pride in, in all of that. And I could see just how quickly they started to, you know, to integrate and to respond to concepts. The second presenter was a good friend of mine and also previous guest on the podcast, Ambrose Chibuka. He took a night bus from Kampala to come to Musanze, Rwanda in the afternoon of that second Saturday. He came like 
an hour before the start because of some mechanical issues on the way. He actually thought he was late, but the time is different in Rwanda than in Uganda. So as tired as he was, he blew their minds. I was so happy to see that. He is amazing at making the kids appreciate themselves. I would say that he made it difficult for everybody after him because he was so great. But Misigaro, you probably have more to say about that. Ambrose Chibuka, he's a, a motivation speaker, he's a writer. Things I can I say about that session was how the youngsters were looking shocked about hearing every every single word from Chibuka. He shared a lot of things. Uh, we played a really, really nice game about how you can bring a strong team. He also shared with us one of uh, his books. Until the next weekend, they come with different, different ideas from the book. It was shocking for them that somebody would make all that long journey just to be with them and share. And, you know, that attitude of being so grateful is, of course, also very rewarding for everybody who comes there. But why are we talking in their name? Why don't we listen to what these kids told us about their expectations before they even started youth spaces? We thought that was a competition where we are going to compete. And then after the competition, get the money, something like that. But actually, it's better than what we expected because if someone just gave you a fish on the plate, it's just for that day. But if someone taught you how to catch the, the fish for yourself, it's better. It's not only about financial uh, capital. It's not only about what you really think can work. It's from scratch. How do we do this? How do we prepare this? There are still spaces that I need to fill in. There are still things that I need to make my project bigger, to make my project presentable. I have just said uh, the project, but I did not include environmental sustainability, but I have just learned that environmental sustainability is also very important. I have really grown a lot in my head about business in terms of culture, capital and environment also. Stephanie, I would ask you to start by explaining how this business component came in and why these kids are talking so much about business business. You know, it's true. The project for me fundamentally is about personal growth and about helping to, you know, support people to become holistic thinkers. You know, what is their role in society? What kind of leadership can they show to make their country, to make their community, to make their region better? But I think it's good to anchor it in something practical that's also attractive, like where they'll, you know, you don't necessarily know how knowing about the environment is going to make your life better. But, you know, I think everybody sort of grows up with the pressure of like, okay, how am I going to support myself in my life? You know, like I want to make sure that I'm that I'm financially stable, that I can take care of my family and so on. And so I think, you know, having having the sort of like business angle, but then sort of layering in the, the other aspects, um, it's you know, it just it felt um, it felt authentic, like it's, you know, financial sustainability is part of like sustainability overall. And I think it makes the kids also feel as though um, they know why they're there and why they're dedicating all of that time that they're that they're not um, in their studies. I think the most important point of bringing business into the context it was uh, in order to catch interest of the participant. But I found that if you are giving them personal development uh, and also giving them some skills and how to be better human, how to create inclusive environment in the region, 
why can't we even add also a business context in order to help them apply what they will gain from the program? I think that having an entrepreneurial mindset is extremely important for just surviving in this you know, very dynamic, changing, crisis-filled, full of opportunities world that we're in. And sort of with a kind of a business lens, it's very easy to you know, incorporate topics around innovation and design um, you know things that are a bit trendy in the in the business world and um, haven't always made that made it so far in, into sort of other sectors. Exploring a lot of these issues with a sort of a, like undercurrent, you know, thinking innovatively and and coming up with with solutions, like having a you know what do we do about it kind of a mindset. Um, it's you know it's it's a good approach all around. And you know I think that one of the other things I think is very important for young people is just to be able to to think and frame things for themselves because. I mean, Stephanie, you have your experience, your exposure, uh, so does Ambrose, so does different people. But these young people are living in a world that none of us actually has experience with or encounters. And so for them to be able to process this information and just interpret this information and then apply it in a way that applies to the actual environment and situation, circumstances that they're dealing with, I think that's also a very important thing. It sounds to me like this is one of the great things about changing mindsets. Let's listen to the best and the worst in the Youth Spaces program. That was recorded after four sessions with them. The best about it is the friendship among different peoples from different countries. So I was surprised when they say that someone from UK is going to come. You know, I didn't see them before. Something that I really, really liked about Youth Spaces is that we have my little brothers and sisters in the secondary school. I really, really wanted to be someone they can just maybe idolize. So that made me work so hard. That made me so much excited until this now. The most favorite part was the part with the other Ugandan man when he was just trying to tell us that to discover ourselves. And the worst part, I think, is the things of culture, history. I don't think that it's very important to just keep on sticking to what our ancestors did. Genius people come to train us and they taught me what I didn't know. I got a confidence, something that I can do something, you know. Listening to the young woman in the recording, I can understand, especially as uh, a young woman, why she might sometimes feel burdened by culture. You know, there's still a lot of expectations and, you know, irrationalities, especially for more, a more scientific mind, you know, with regards to our cultures. At the same time, I think that, you know, in order to have a business, to make change, you know, to be effective, we need to take into account like the cultures that, that we're in and how they influence us and, and also how we can influence them. I think I see both sides of the question. I can understand where it comes from. There's some things about growing up with a culture that doesn't seem to apply in the world that you're in, at least not 100%. There is some things to learn and you do pick what you can pick. But then there's times when people tell you, oh, you can't do it like that or you can't think like this or you... You can't go there, you know, and a lot of the things that we believed in the past have sort of been demystified and yet we would still stick to them. So they become bondage. So I do see that there's valuable lessons, there's things to carry, but then also I can understand the frustration of somebody who feels like I'm held back by these culture and traditions that I must respect and you know, worship, so to speak. 
on the history and culture, the session was much more about what we share as a region and what can we do that to in order to move forward with it, but not only destroying the culture and norms. We're sharing how culture can be adopted in our businesses. How can we adapt our history in our businesses? Like, for example, you can't say I'm going to start a, a shoemaking company in the region where people don't have cultural failing shoes. Emable uh, Mugarura contributed to the session coming from Kigari with his car tired lecturer. It's time for us to listen to what our participants consider as the biggest challenges for them. There are tough tasks that we have been given to think deeply and to analyze what we have been taught. But the challenges that mostly that will affect me is that there are a lot of work that we have to do and we really have to do it. The big challenge is all the sessions. Because I'm a student, I totally concerned on my studies. So I couldn't get enough time. To be honest, sometimes we, we use more time. We come late as students. I always think is time management. I really spoke to, to, to each and everyone because I really wanted to be so much in touch with them. They really, really had problems in catching up with the foreign language, I mean English, because it was too fast for them. It was a challenge, but they had to strive. They had to make an effort until now. Now we're good. Everyone can understand each other and perfectly so. Well, I can definitely imagine being guilty of speaking too fast in English. <laughs> For that, I apologize to them. Um, I think that they were doing a really nice job of working with the challenges. And also we had feedback cards so they could voice some of them as well. So I hope that we're all um, we're all learning and growing as the as the program goes forward. Yeah, if we are going to do this internationally, if we are taking this as a pilot, then we apply in three different countries. We simply need to go with English as the main language. It's going to also help youngsters communicate with each other. I personally wanted to reflect on this part of this is too much and uh, we are students. My humble opinion is that occupying one Saturday afternoon on a weekly basis should not be too much. I mean, I think that the challenges that were mentioned, it really sounded like a good sign for me because... In spite of these challenges, these people still made it. They definitely are valuing what they're receiving. They made an attempt to overcome these challenges. But the fact that these are young people rearranging their schedules, trying to up their skills and voice whatever questions they have that they will not get left behind with a program means you're getting something right. Yeah, I would also say that perhaps it isn't so bad to push them a little bit because they grew up in an environment where just trying or just attempting something is usually a sign of success. Yeah. Like if we want excellence, if we want to, you know, take them to the higher level, I think it's good we yeah, push them just a little bit. And I mean, if anyone thinks that's a challenge, wait till you try start your actual business. <laughs> this is the first time I experienced today to have uh, something uh, every weekend to deal with, to discuss about. They are not using to it, but they are start, they are getting where they need to start their own businesses. So they need to start be ready to have enough time to 
talk with people, to discuss with people, networking, something like that. So we are giving them some useful skills and I'm sure now it's not that too much for them. The benefits to an individual participant should be quite obvious when we talk about youth spaces. But of course, we wanted to do this because of a higher goal, uh, the goal of the success, peace and prosperity of the Gorilla Highlands region shared by Rwanda, Uganda and Congo. It can contribute to peace through bringing different youth together, give them some information or educate them and they go to communicate even to the society. Even the people from Rwanda can go to visit those friends or the youth from another country, Uganda or Congo, so that they can maintain their harmony. i give an example of me. I see a different picture. I do think that I can generate more ideas that can lead to the development of this region. They are going to change us and us, we are going to be, to change others. We young people, we are the future. If you are raising a young person and you are investing in a younger, uh, a younger person, you are just creating a better future, a very marvelous future. If the youth spaces help us in eradicating hunger, in being a solution, not a problem. In this, in our region, this will boost a lot, this will help a lot. If you eat well, you think well. If you eat well, you do well. If you think well, you do everything in peace and prosperity. You know, the vision and the, the sort of the drive that all of these young people have for, you know, making, making their communities better, for bringing positive change and so on, was really wonderful. And, you know, and I'm just so glad that they find themselves like in a room with a lot of other young people who want to do the same so that this feels like normal behavior to them. Like this feels like what they should be doing and that they feel, you know, excited and supported. Ms. Sigaro, I have a question for you because you are a Rwandan who grew up from rural areas. This issue of hunger, how critical is it these days? Have we listened to somebody who is biased towards the issue of hunger because his project is related to feeding people? Or can we really say that it all begins with dealing with hunger? Hunger issue in the period of Rwanda is now becoming uh, a national matter. It's now becoming a big issue, not because people don't have enough food to eat, but the main issue, it is now basically about the mindset. It's now basically about what they are getting uh, to eat. Like, for example, feeding the babies is now critical that they need something that can contain enough nutrition. They can be like, we are going to give our babies only Irish potatoes from Monday up to Sunday, which is not really healthy for them. I can see how that relates directly to the, you know, to the peace and prosperity of the region. Because, for example, if you're not eating enough protein, your brain is not being fed well. You know, you're going to be cranky. Your emotions are going to be thrown off balance. Okay, with that in mind, are you now inspired to go and be one of the people making these youngsters uh, Saturdays more interesting? From the onset, I've, I've thought youth spaces is a brilliant idea. I can see how it is very important in this region. It's an important thing to do for the young people and for the, you know, us, the older people, because the, we are going to be living in the same world with them and they are going to be in charge. And I'm very inspired to, to be a part of it. Have we come to the end of today's episode?
Not just that, Kahiri. Yes. We've come to the end of a season. End of a season. The end of an era. Thank you all for being with us in the third season of Sea Africa and Breathe Africa. And see you next time. To join us in support of Youth Spaces, please follow the link in the show notes or find us on GoFundMe.com under Help Youth Protect Nature in East Africa. Bye.